the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We're going to talk about Noah tonight, and so uh, this weather's a bit of a prelude to the warnings of Noah. And Noah stands before us as an example. He is an example of great faith, of what I'm going to call complete faith. Because faith, if it is true faith, matures, it expands. It starts with that little mustard seed, but one day becomes a tree that the birds can rest in, right? Isn't that what it says? A mustard seed is the beginning, and that is where we enter into the greatest gift of all, the salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fullness of the new birth that he gives us. With just that mustard seed faith, but it's not the size of our faith. It's what that faith is in. As we put our faith and trust in Christ, as we enter into the fullness of all that He is, He takes that mustard seed faith and He makes it the evidence of His work in us. Because it grows. It becomes supernatural. It expands. It goes beyond just the saving work of Christ to the communion of Christ, onto the obedience of Christ, onto the fullness of Christ, and it continues to expand. Unfortunately, because of the emphasis on evangelism, and I don't say that's wrongly placed, but because of the emphasis of evangelism, so many other things have been ignored over the years in the Christian community. And one of the major parts of that is the expansion and growth of faith, not for the prosperity of this world, but for the realization of all that Christ has put in you and made you to be. So what we have is people who understand what salvation is all about, but they don't know how to live, how to walk, how to enjoy the Christian life. They only have small portions of truth, and each one has his own portion, but that was never what God intended. God intended for every man to receive him first as life, and then to live that life. And we live that life how? By faith. Exactly. Well, Noah 
is the first example that is named as complete faith. And what's going on here is the author, as you know, in Hebrews 11, has been introducing us to the heroes of faith, or the the Hebrews. uh, He is naming the heroes of faith. He's naming these guys because they're the Old Testament saints. They're the founders of the Hebrew religion, of Judaism. And they're the people that the Hebrews have known since birth, have been taught of since birth. So he wants to point this out to them, that these heroes of faith were heroes of faith. Because Judaism had been reduced to a system of works. Now, again, you may think that that is unique to the condition of the people of that day, but that's in Christianity as well. Because we get real comfortable in Christianity. And there are certain aspects of theology that make us real comfortable. We can be confident of Christ's love. We can be confident that we are not going to be judged by Him. We can be confident that there is no more condemnation. But if we do not walk in that confidence forward in truth, growing in the fullness of all that He created us to be, then what we're doing is we're staying in a place of confirmation infancy and our faith becomes stagnant and our lives become Christian only according to the flesh. We know God only according to the flesh. That's not what he's called us to. Now I'm going to draw a parallel between the condition of the people in Hebrews and what is going on and what what Noah is declaring and the condition of today's uh, Christian community. And we're going to take a close look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, where the author points to Noah as a hero of faith. And in order to have a full view of this man's faith, we'll also be looking at Genesis chapter 6 as well. And I want to remind you of some of the aspects of faith that we've already covered in order to see this depiction of Noah's faith is far more than just a familiar Bible story. Because most of us were raised with this story. You will remember that we ended in chapter 10 with an instruction on how to live. That's Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38, which is a quote from Habakkuk. And it says, But my righteous one, the one justified by faith, shall live by faith, respecting man's relationship to God and trusting him. And if he draws back, shrinking in fear, my soul has no delight in him. So it's not enough to just be justified by faith. If you're truly justified by faith, then you will live by faith. That is what he's saying. This is how my righteous ones, my elect, my chosen ones live. By faith. We are to live in the context of our relationship to God and trust in him above all else. And we do this by faith. Now faith is a vehicle by which we come to know God. Then once we're born again, faith is the means by which we know God through our moment-by-moment intimate interaction with his life. Living with him, walking with him, knowing him in every day. 
And then as we draw close to Him, we will find that that will bring forward the fruit of obedience. Knowing God, by determining to walk with God, will bring us into the activity and the work of God. And that is how we experience God, beyond just that initial moment of knowing Him and knowing Him within. We experience Him. Now, you say, well, that's kind of dicing it real small. But listen, it is a progression. Because if you just stop at receiving Him at salvation, you will dive headlong into carnality, and you won't know the abundance of life that God has called you to. You might be religious, but you're not living in the abundant life that God has called you to. And if you just walk in this self-satisfied sense that God is with you, but you don't ever exercise obedience, you will find yourself living according to the flesh rather than living according to revealed truth, which is an exercise of obedience. Does that make sense? And that's why we have to go past just that little seed of faith, just that point of salvation. We have to take what God has put within us and go forward. Now don't hear me preaching works. Works are nothing more than the evidence of faith. Because apart from Him, what can you do? But we're going to look at James here in a minute, and James makes it very clear for us that... If you have faith, understand when he says if you have faith, he's talking about if you're living from faith, then there will be a significant change in the way you behave. You will be obedient to what God puts in your heart by faith. So that's what we're going to be addressing Finally, faith is how we enter into the activity and the work of God. We are to experience God through obedience. Without entering into all aspects of faith, we are destined to return to only knowing God according to the flesh. And this is where we walk with God on our own terms, and we live experientially with a very limited spiritual life. We never come into the fullness or the abundance that Christ came to give us. And we become man-centered, and it colors our view of God and man. We end up living as though we are the makers of our own destiny, and God's sovereignty is limited. That's not living by faith. That's not walking by faith. That's not living in obedience. It might be religious, but it's not faith. Now, we need to make those distinctions. But don't allow the accuser to climb in and pack a guilt bag for you. Because faith is by necessity the work of God. Obedience by faith means obedience by the work of God. We just need to live in the reality of that ongoing work and walk with Him. Because if we don't, then faith will be relegated to those things that we cannot handle in our, in our flesh. You know, I find out that I'm sick, so I'm going to believe God for health. But normally, <laughs> I just live one day at a time. The good Lord will take it. No. See, that's not, that's not the way God intended us to live. That's a, that is a passive 
approach to faith that God never intended for the Christian to live from. All right. The author is calling the Hebrews back to faith. Now, we're talking about believers, right? The Hebrew believers. He is calling them back to faith. It doesn't mean they lost their salvation. It means that they're not living in the truth of faith. They're not practicing the fullness of faith. They are not embracing a complete faith. They may be going to church, but they're not worshiping in spirit and in truth. They may be being obedient, but it is a selective obedience that will not trouble them much. Do you see what I'm saying? The author, or the Spirit of God, is saying, you need to return to the faith you had at the beginning. You need to return to a faith that literally attaches itself to my communion and walks in heeding my voice and lives in obedience to my spirit. You need to walk by the spirit, not by the flesh. He's calling them back to faith. They became believers by faith, but slowly, imperceptibly, they drifted away from faith. And even though they maintained their religion, their faith was waning. Now, James addresses this in James 2.20. He says, But are you willing to recognize, you foolish, spiritually shallow person, that faith without good works is useless? Oh, man. Well, what is he saying there? He's saying that if your faith doesn't translate into a change first in the soul... And we receive Christ, but we're, we have to live the Spirit-filled life. We have to invite Him to be the balance of our mind, will, and emotions. We have to yield that before the Lord. There's a constant salvation that should be taking place in the mind, will, and emotion. Or there's a constant corruption taking place in the mind, will, and emotion. There's no middle ground there. Right? And beyond that, in the activity of faith, in the commitment of the mind, will, and emotions, there is God saying, okay, go forward. Trust me and go forward. That is obedience. And that translates into a good work because He is the good Father. And whatever He does in and through you is worthy of Him. Whatever you do is not apart from Him. Okay? James 2.24, he says, You see that a man, a believer, is justified by works, not by faith alone. That is, by acts of obedience, a born-again believer reveals his faith. So you see the progression. By works of obedience, a born-again believer reveals, manifests his faith. Now, if you know somebody that claims the name of Christ, but yet they are never obedient to the call of God, They've, they're able to cast off the moorings of truth. They're not walking according to the truth of God. They have more attachment to the flesh and to the world than they do to God. You would be perfectly right within your thinking to question whether or not they actually had a salvation experience. Because somebody who's really been saved will evidence that 
at some point in their life, they're going to evidence that. If they never evidence that, then there is a question there. But let me tell you something. Unless the Spirit of God calls you to confront that, you keep your mouth shut and pray for them, all right? It's clear that from Scripture that a faith that is not known in salvation and then in daily communion that should result in obedience and doesn't is not truly faith. The Hebrews had not matured in faith but were carnal living in self-centered religious activity that gave them a sense of relationship, but they had no substance. To be sure, they were believers, but their faith no longer extended to how they ordered their lives. They had worship, but it was not in spirit and truth. They had obedience, but it was selective. So the Spirit of God is calling these believers back to faith by reminding them of what faith looks like. So in chapter 6, he tells them to look at Abram's diligence, or Abraham's diligence in faith, and his determination to be obedient. That's chapter 6 of Hebrews. Chapter 6 of Hebrews, verses 11 and 12, he says, And we desire each one of you to show the same diligence all the way through so as to realize and enjoy the full assurance of hope until the end so that you will not be spiritually sluggish but will instead be imitators of those who through faith lean on God with absolute trust and confidence in him and in his power and by patient endurance even when suffering are now inheriting the promises. Now here's the thing inheriting the promises. Now, we don't know the fullness of that yet. We won't until we get to heaven. But I guarantee you that by faith you can know His promise of peace. That by faith you can know His promise of provision. By faith you can know His promise of protection. By faith you can know His promise of a conformity in your soul to truth if you will yield. Now, those things we know by faith. And he's saying right here that he is interested, or he desires, he's actually passionate about, us entering into the fullness of that faith, so that we will know the joy, so that you will realize and enjoy the full assurance of hope until the end. Now, this was very impactful to me. Because of all that's been going on. And what I see is that there are a lot of Christians that do not enjoy the hope. The full assurance and confidence of hope. But instead they're hanging on with clenched fists to their hope of existence in this world. Rather their hope in the sovereignty and the truth of God. Now, he wants us to be confident in faith, that we will not be spiritually sluggish. Well, if you don't walk in the assurance of hope until the end, you will end up being spiritually sluggish. Those who do not live by faith end up being spiritually sluggish, but will instead be imitators of those who through faith lean on God and absolute trust and confidence in Him and in His power. Listen, I don't want to lean on God in absolute trust and confidence in His power as a last resort. 
But I've seen that happen in my own life, and I see it happening in the lives of others. There should be a confidence in the way a Christian lives by faith. There should be an assurance in the way a Christian lives by faith. We are not abandoned to the condition of this world. We are not abandoned to the will of man, the will of flesh. We're not even abandoned to what we may encounter in the body or what we may encounter in circumstance. We are literally walking with Him, and that's the key. Because the difference between confidence and faith and just walking, knowing that you're saved, is knowing that you're walking with Him, that He is in you, that He is in your life, that He surrounds you, that He came into the circumstances with you, and that He has so planned the circumstances that you can know the fullness of Him no matter what the circumstances are. And that's a confidence of faith. It's the confidence of Paul. It's the confidence of Noah. And it's the confidence that we, as children of God, have been called to live in. Not in fear, not in doubt, but in confidence. That's what he's called us to. You see, they were enduring a lot. And what the author knows, what the Spirit of God knows, that apart from faith, they will never endure. Apart from faith, they would become spiritually sluggish and lethargic. Like a muscle, faith has to be exercised or it begins to diminish. They were beginning to suffer persecution. And that persecution was growing steadily worse. These examples of faith are being given to them to remind them of what it means to live by faith. Because they'd forgotten. They'd fallen into the Old Testament model of go forward until you fall into trouble and then cry out to God. Now that's not a model of communion. It's not a model of fellowship. It's a model of desperation. And a model of communion is I go forward in the confidence that my God attends me. That I didn't get here by myself and that each step that I take, I take empowered by the Spirit of God and will experience whatever he has for me, and it will be rich, and it will be full of Christ. That's what he's called me to. But they had lost that. You see, they were worshiping a New Testament God, but they were living in the Old Testament model of separation and works. Now, the evidence of our new life is seen in the fullness of our faith. It is seen in our profession. It is seen in our daily walk. It is seen in our obedience. Now, obedience, Christian, is not just those things you think you can do. Obedience is all that Christ has commanded of you, convenient or inconvenient. That's obedience. And obedience is not doing it in the willpower and determination of flesh. Obedience is doing it in the confidence of faith. True Christianity is living out of the fullness of Christ's life. It cannot be compartmentalized. Now, I see that. I've seen it in my own life. I, I live this part over here for God, and I keep all of that neat and tidy because I've got to keep that room clean, right? But over here, I have, a, I have this little closet. I just keep a smidge of bitterness in. And I have this room over here. Now, you've heard this illustration used a thousand different ways, but it makes it pretty clear. 
God is not interested in being relegated to the guest room. He wants to walk with you. He wants to be with you in each moment. Now, He is with you, but He wants you to recognize that. Because listen, if you don't recognize you're with someone, do you talk to them? Do you, do you interact about the circumstances you're in? Do you share the moment with them? You don't. I've seen married couples that way. They're together in the room, but they are not together. That is not what God called you to. Christianity is not to be compartmentalized. True Christianity is evidenced by constancy. You've heard me say that many times. True Christianity is evidenced by constancy. So in illustrating faith, our author has been dropping the names of their Old Testament heroes in Hebrews 11. And he starts at the very beginning of the record with Abel, who demonstrates faith in worship, the worship of God. And then he moves to Enoch, we talked about last time, who illustrates faith in an intimate, consistent walk with God. That translates him into heaven eventually. And then he names Noah, who illustrates a complete faith that is an unreserved display of his obedience in faith. Noah gives us a complete picture of faith. Now the author shows us the consequences of Noah's faith. He wants us to be imitators of a man who demonstrated complete faith and has been pointed out in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 13. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road, and Blanco Woods, just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.